okay? You found out somebody is not doing well. He waited for two more days. Lazarus dies. Now Jesus finds out. He tells his disciples. He says, Lazarus is sleeping. They said, okay, Jesus, if he's sleeping, he will wake up. Jesus said, no, he will not get up. He is dead. And I'm glad that I wasn't there for your sake because you're going to see the glory of God. And so Thomas, also named Didymus, which means the twin, I don't know if you know this or not, but the reason why he was called the twin, does anybody know? I'll give you right now. I'll, I'll tell you why. Thomas was called the twin because he looked like Jesus. That's why. And so he said, let's go with him and let's go die with him as well. So they walk now and they go now into Bethany. That's where Lazarus was found. As they're journeying into Bethany, as they're, as they're traveling down there, they see uh, Mary, Martha's house is in Bethany, and there are many, many people around, and they're all mourning the death of Lazarus. Now, it's been four days. Everyone shout four days. This is very significant. I want you to remember this. It's been four days now since the death of Lazarus, and he's in the tomb. And so as he's approaching to the area, Martha hears that Jesus is on the way. Now, everybody wants to pick on Martha because Martha says she's always the one serving and Mary's always, always the one worshiping. But Martha loved Jesus enough, and she says, you know what, I hear Jesus is coming. She gets out of the house, runs to Jesus. She finds Jesus. She says, Lord, if you would have just been here, I know that Lazarus wouldn't have died. Jesus says he will rise again. Ma Martha says, I know he's going to rise again, Lord. I know he will in the resurrection and later on. No, Jesus says, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and life. Jesus is saying, listen, I can change anything. That no matter what it looks like in the natural, I can turn it around like that. Come on, how many believe that God is still the God of the impossible? That he can do anything, he can turn it around. Somebody shout, God, turn it around. Oh, come on, somebody shout, God, turn it around. We got to do that song. God, turn it around. You know that song, right? I'm not going to sing it, but we're going to sing it. All right, so we'll keep going. God, turn it around. But she said this, but even now I know that anything that you ask of the Lord, that he will give it to you. Martha had so much faith. She says, but even now, we need to have that kind of faith, but even now faith, that God, that whatever you say, whatever you do, God, I know that, but even now, somebody shout, but even now. But even now I know you can heal. But even now I know you can fix this situation. But even now. I know, God, that you are still able. And so here, now Mary finds out. Martha goes and tells Mary, the teacher's here. She comes out, same conversation. If you had only been here, he would have been saved. Now, by this time, there are many people around because they all follow Mary out, outside of her house. And they said, they must be going to the tomb to go mourn. And sure enough, now they come to the womb, uh, not to the womb, to the tomb. What did I just say? <laughs> they come to the tomb. I've been, I've been talking a lot, Max. Anytime you talk a lot, you're going to say some words that maybe you shouldn't say. All right? So let's keep going. So he comes to the tomb, and everybody was crying. And as he comes to the tomb, he said, where have you laid him? Show me where have you laid him. And what Jesus was really asking was, show me the place where you stop believing me that I can go ahead and perform a miracle. Show me the place where you put him away. Because you see, what you got to understand is when they, he asked Mary and Martha, where is Lazarus? Where did you lay him? <coughs> Their response to him was like, Lord, you don't want to go see him. He's been dead for four days. There is a stench. He smells. 
can I say this? That even when our family members give up on us, God never gives up on us. Come on, even when family, friends, and I know nobody's in here has a family member that maybe has ever given up on you. But can I say something? No matter how far gone your family member may be, never give up praying. Come on, somebody shout amen to that. No, no matter how where your son is at, no matter where your daughter is at, no matter how far off that you think your brother or sister is, never stop praying, believing God. No, no matter how much their life stinks, no matter how much they isolate themselves and in a cave and in a dark place, can I say this? God can turn it around. Come on. There's nothing too big for God that God can't do. God can, somebody shout, God, turn it around. He can do it. I'm telling you. Just in the same way God, Abraham prayed for Lot. Lot was in Sodom and Gomorrah, and he prayed and interceded for Lot, and God delivered Lot and his family out. Can I say this? That there's nothing that God cannot deliver your family out of. Come on, Holly. Holly, just shout amen to that. That no matter what, no matter what place, no matter what cave that your family member has put themselves in or gotten to this place, there's nothing too hard that God can't do. Jesus says this, roll away the stone. Don't say, well, man, God, no. He smells. Forget about him. He's a lost cause. How many said that about a family member? Raise your hand. Maybe that family member is sitting right next to you. Maybe you're thinking about the family member right next to you. I don't know. But somebody, have you ever felt that? I know, Alicia, you never felt that Bill was a lost cause, did you? No. But come on, thank God that Bill came out of the, came out of the grave. He's alive in Jesus' name. Nobody's too far gone that can't come alive. Nobody's too far gone that can't fix and can't change. And so here at this moment, they rolled away the tomb. They rolled away the stone. And Jesus in a loud voice, listen to this, in a loud voice. He didn't just, just softly, he didn't just whisper, but he called him, Lazarus, come out. In that moment, you see, everything responds to the voice of God, to the word of God. When God speaks over a thing, he brings life to a situation. When the word of God touches your dead situation, God can bring it to life again. And the reason why he called him Lazarus, listen to this, because, see, God still saw something valuable in him. What the family thought was impossible to turn around, he had to call him by name. Because if he didn't call him by name, he would have just said, come alive. Every grave in the cemetery would have popped open. Think about this for a minute. He had a call. If not, it would have been like night of the living dead. People for 80 years been dead, walking around dead. Why? Because, because they responded to Jesus. Are, are you hearing this? And so Jesus called him by name. He calls him by name. He calls you, Holly, come forth. Leticia, come forth. He, ca he calls you by name when he calls you because he still sees something of value in you. He still sees something worth in you. You know, there's one thing that a lot of people deal with today is rejection. I cannot tell you how many people today suffer from rejection and insecurity feel like, well, God, how can God still use me? Can I tell you, God can use anybody. Don't ever mark yourself off that God can't use you. I'm too far gone. There's no way. You know, I was studying Acts chapter 8 and chapter 9. If there was one guy in the Bible that God could have never used, it was the Apostle Paul. If there was one, come on, if that, if that was me and I'm, I'm, I'm going to show up and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find somebody to go ahead and start spreading the gospel, it still wouldn't have been Saul or Paul. That was both of his names, by the way. I don't know if you know that or not, but he had he had a double name. 
And a lot of times people think that God changed his name from Saul to Paul. It isn't so. He had, Saul, he had a Roman name and he had a Hebrew name. Now listen to me. Follow me. If you were in, if you were in math and you were going through Acts, you would have known that. Okay? Now watch. Now listen. Paul, it said that he was wreaking havoc, havoc upon the church. You know what the word havoc means? It literally means almost like an act of terrorism. He was literally, he was, he was having people cut into pieces and killed for the gospel. Anybody who was of the way. If God shouldn't have used anybody, he shouldn't have used Saul. He shouldn't have used Paul. But there in Acts chapter 9, God visited him on the Damascus road, and he had, a, he had an amazing conversion. God showed up in his life, and he was forever changed. In fact, he was such a death threat to everybody. He was over top of Stephen. We, were in, we had the chance to be in Jerusalem at, the, at called Stephen's Gate. And where Stephen was there and he was stoned to death and where Saul was consenting to his death and they were throwing Stephen's clothes to him. And they saw him and saw, saw this and he did this in the name of the Lord. Are you hearing this? And then when God struck him on the Damascus Road, God visited a man named Ananias who lived on the street called Straight. And he says, there's a man that is praying right now. His name is Saul. And I'm going to use him as an instrument. I'm going to show him how much things he must suffer for my name. Ananias had to know he heard from God because he could have thought that this was a setup of the devil. Think about this for a minute because Saul could have come there and killed Ananias. But never stop believing God that God can use anybody. God can use any person in this room. I don't care what your background, I don't care what your criminal background is. I don't care what anything, what God, what, what happened in the past is the past because you're a new creation in Christ. Somebody shout amen to that. God can use anybody. Isn't that the first thing we do that we want to count somebody off? As soon as we, oh, they come to Christ. Ah, they won't serve God that long. They'll be back at their own ways. We don't want be, to believe in that. We don't, we don't believe that they, they can come alive. We don't really, do we really believe that God can use people? Do we really believe that? Because, we, oh, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Once a drug addict, always a drug addict. Once a gambler, always. No, I believe that in the, in the power of Jesus, I believe that we can come alive in Jesus' name. I believe that that old man is dead. Somebody shout, the old man is dead. I don't believe that we have to walk in that old place anymore. Now watch this. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus comes out, and he comes out this way. Help me out. He came out bound. He came out, listen to this. He came out bound hand and foot, hand and foot. So he had his hands bound and his feet bound. You see, when Lazarus, when God, when Jesus called Lazarus up out of the cave and out of the tomb, this was a form of coming out of darkness and into light. This was like a born-again experience. You see, there are a lot of people in the body of Christ who have become born again, but they stop right there. Now, I'm going I'm to explain to you what I'm talking about. Here, he comes out, and he's bound hand and foot and also his face. Now, I don't want my face to be wrapped up. No, no, listen to me here. Why not? All right, wrap up, please. No, don't do it. Don't wrap me up. But now listen to this. It said he wrapped up, his face was wrapped up, and his hands was wrapped up, and his feet was wrapped up. Now watch, the Lord gave me some revelation on this just this morning. Lazarus coming out of the tomb was symbolic of going from darkness to light, becoming born again. But a lot of times, a lot of people stop right there, and they never go no further. Have you ever felt like, you know what, I've given my heart to God, 
but I only get so far. Come on, is anybody with me? You know, I, I, I get so far. Do you ever feel like that, Danny? Like you, you, you come to revivals or you come to these services, and you know what? You start to, man, I'm, maybe you start praying. Maybe you, you my, my time is up. Can you give me a little, little bit longer? Can you give me a little longer? Is that okay? I'm, I'm coming. I'm breaking out. I don't want to break out yet. I'm coming up here. Hold on. I'm coming up here. Now listen to this. Now watch. Coming out of the grave is like, Becoming born again is what I'm talking about. Thank you, Danny. <laughs> Tie me up, Bill. <laughs> a lot of pressure right now, Bill. Everybody watching. All right, now watch. Watch this. Don't watch this. A lot of times people get born again, but they never get free. Are you hearing me? The grave clothes represents the past. It represents your old habits, your old mindsets. It represents the unforgiveness, the depression, the addictions. Are you, are you still with me? You see, we, we can go ahead and we say yes to Jesus, but we can still be bound with pride. We can still be bound with these things. Are you, I'm, I'm talking about living in the fullness of God. I'm talking about experiencing everything that God wants you to experience in the fullness of God. Do you want to want to know why you're not experiencing God? It's because you still got the grave clothes on. Check your life. You see, it was on his arms. It was on his arms, which represents servant. Are you serving? Are you giving? Are you serving? Are you giving in the offerings? Are you giving your time? Are you giving? Are you, you know, it stops you from praising. It stops you from worshiping. Are you hearing this? The grave clothes will stop you from from serving and doing what God's called you to do. You see, a lot of times, you know, with the grave clothes on, you can volunteer, but it doesn't necessarily mean you'll show up. Because that's why his feet was also bound. His feet was also bound. The Bible wants us to walk in the spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. You want to know how to overcome? And cut, yeah, praise God. You come out of darkness, but are you walking in the light of the Lord? Because remember, his eyes, his head, his face was also bandaged, which meant that he wasn't able to see. He lost vision. He wasn't able to see. He was in eye gate. He wasn't walking in the light. Even though he was out of the grave, and praise God for that. Praise God, maybe you've been born again. Praise God, maybe you said a sinner's prayer. But are you walking in true freedom? But are you walking in the light of the Lord? But you see, sometimes we can't get free by ourselves. Listen to this. Pride will always stop you from getting free because pride will stop you from asking others to pray for you. Pride will always ask others to say, can you help get me out of this mess? Can you help pray me through? Can you help me in this moment because I'm weak and I need some help? Because if you notice, he came out by himself, bound hand and foot. Jesus then turned to the people watching him. And instead of people putting their nose down at him and accusing, ah, look at, oh, okay, he smells, he's out of the grave, oh, big deal. Instead of people looking down at him and talking about him, he says, loose him and let him go. Lazarus couldn't get free by himself. He needed some friends around him. What is, where's my point? The point is this, that if you become born again, you've given your heart to the Lord. Don't isolate yourself and keep the grave clothes on. You need to get around the right people. You need good men and women of God to come around you and help you get free. Come on, you ain't hearing what I'm saying. Because you can get only so far you can only get so far, but and that's as, as far as you're going. What 
holding you back. Look at somebody and say, what's holding you back? What's holding you back? It's got to be further than a church service. It's got to be further than the born again experience. Thank God, praise God, you've been born again. But what are you doing? Are you serving? Do you still got your grave clothes on? Do you, do you still, is your mouth still full of cussing? Do you still hold on to unforgiveness? Are you still holding on to the past? Are you still got pride? Come on, are you hearing me? Am I talking to the right group? I preached the same message Saturday night in California, and I know God wanted me to preach it here now this morning. And God is saying, what's holding you back? We need to get around the right people. And you know who to ignore if you're going through something. You know who to ignore. You know that that's going to be a God talk. You know it's going to be a God conversation because maybe you just like your grave clothes. Maybe you're okay with the tomb. Maybe you're okay with that dark place. But come on, so who wants to get free today? Come on. I said, who wants to get free? And so Jesus, he said, loosen and let him go. That reminds me of when there was a man that was paralyzed. And he had four friends. Guys, can you help me out with the music on my machine? Thank you, Joe. And he had some friends that saw him in his condition. And his friends came to him and said, listen, you got to get out of this. When was the last time you went and visited somebody that you knew that was down and said, listen, you got you to come on in. You got you to give your heart to the Lord. You got to get out of this depression. You got to get out of this place. And in that moment, they picked him up. They, they brought him to a town in Capernaum. They brought him to a house in Capernaum where Jesus was at, and he was teaching people. Listen to this. He was teaching, and the whole house was full of people, and they couldn't get him to the front door. So you know what they did? They lifted him up on top of the house. They didn't leave him there. They went further, and they dug a hole in the roof, and then they lowered their friend down into the presence of Jesus. And Jesus, instead of looking at the man, he looked up at them. And he saw their faith. And when he saw their faith, he healed them anyway. I was Lazarus at one time. I was Lazarus. I, li- I, I, I come out of the grave and I gave my heart to Jesus. But just over a year ago, I had a call up a man named Pastor Michael Cook. And he was the man that helped me get the grave clothes off. I'm telling you, Pastor Michael. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for him. You need to get around the right people. There might be people in your life that might even live in your same house or have your same last name. That doesn't necessarily mean they're healthy for you to be yoked with. Don't be unequally yoked with them. Business does darkness have to do with light? For five months, Pastor Mike took my wife and I in and began to take off the grave clothes one by one. Taking off the grave clothes is a process. It just doesn't happen like that. Little by little, they started coming off my eyes. I started to be able to see again. I started to have some faith again. 
I started to believe that maybe God can maybe pull me out of this thing. He took me off my feet. I was able to walk again in the spirit. I was able to walk again by faith. He took off my off around my hands. I said, okay, I'm ready to serve again. I'm ready to put my hands back through the plow. That's when we need the body of Christ to come together. We need the body of Christ to come together and come come alive and get free in Jesus' name. Sometimes you need the right people to come around you to say, listen, I'll pray for you. I'll love you. I'll help you through this moment. This is not who you are. I want to cover you in prayer. I want to lift you up. I want to get you to the house of God. I want to get you and lift you up before the Lord. I want to... I'm going to help you come alive in Jesus' name. But you may say, Pastor, I feel the same way. Can I say this? When you sow a seed of faith, when you sow a seed of faith and you begin to help somebody else out of their grave clothes, guess what God will begin to do? God will begin to strip you of your grave clothes. God will begin to bring miracles in your life. You begin to walk by faith and not by sight. You begin to see the works of the Spirit in your life as soon as you begin to serve. As soon as you begin to say, you know what? I want to pray for you. I don't have my act all together. I don't have my, my home ain't all where it needs to be. But guess what? By faith, I want to help you. I believe right now that you can come alive. I want to sing this song before the Lord. We don't need the whole team, just a few people, whatever. But I believe today you're going to come alive in Jesus' name. We've got too many men that are walking in grave clothes. Go back an hour ago at, at the time of altar and I asked for every person who wants to come alive, it was loaded with women. What's holding you back, men? Men, what's holding you back? I can't tell you the conversations that I had. I have with ladies that say, I need, I need let me say this to you. This is a message both to ladies and men here this morning. Because there's another part to the dream that I had. Remember I had this dream about three weeks ago where the men were running away from the church? Ladies, you want your men serving the Lord? Absolutely. But there was an addition to that. That's what we want. Because when that happens, it starts messing with schedule. It starts messing with time. And I'm asking you men, where are you? Have you come out of the grave? Is your grave closed still on? It's time to come alive. I thank God for the ladies. Listen, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I thank God. We've got some of the most anointed spirit-filled women that I've ever seen in our area, I'm telling you. I thank God 
for these ladies who always are between my wife Alicia and all the other channels that's on I can't even keep track of all the different channels that's on Facebook and the ladies ministries and I thank God for that but men we need to come alive right now in Jesus name so men I've got to I've got to call us out for a moment it's time for us to come alive it's time that we set ourselves on fire for the Lord it's time that we set ourselves before the altar of God this weekend and with prayer and say, God, I need to come alive. I need more of you than ever before. So this is what I'm asking for all of us together to stand to our feet. And I'm going to ask for every man in this room to come to the front. Every man. Come on. If you're a man, come. I don't care if you're filled with spirit, you're backslid. I don't care what spiritual condition you're in this morning. But I need every man to come to this altar for a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Man, this is the time to come alive.